What's up, everybody? Welcome into Living Off the Land. Another episode. This is what? What episode is this? I don't even remember, actually. 229? We did not have a regular episode last week. We had some significant illness moving through. Uh, not just me, but Dan as well. Um, some crazy cold, and like we're still coughing and hacking a little bit. But uh, 229. You know, we're, we're, we're professionals, well, not really, but we're getting through it here, <laughs> and uh, we got some great content for you tonight, starting, of course, with the beer of the week. Dan, yeah. what are you drinking tonight? So, I am saying goodbye to summer with the Sam Adams Summer Ale Citrus Wheat Ale. So, summer is over, and look yeah. no further th- <laughs> look no further than the weather that we've had uh, the last uh, for the last week and a half. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot of weather tonight, but this has been about the coldest week I can remember in September in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it makes you think of the Green Day song, Wake Me Up When September Ends. <laughs> That'll be Saturday. But uh, what? Yeah. That'll be the Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Sam Adams Summer Ale, not too much really to say about it. Uh, if you drink beer pretty sure you've had a sam adams summer ale uh samuel adams probably the biggest craft brewery in the country probably the oldest too i don't know uh <laughs> not a lot of research done on this beer of the week this week because basically <coughs> a lot of things in boston are old yeah I well know that. and excuse me I, as you can still hear i'm still getting my voice back and getting over this cold so uh yeah sam adams summer ale it's pretty good. It's all right, you know. Yeah, six point eight. Six point eight. Standard. So that's the beer of the week this week. No need to uh, take too much time on it. But uh, we're gonna get back to a segment that's been on a little bit of a hiatus, almost like a month now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna get back and get to know another neighborhood. So mm-hmm. go ahead, Steve. Just take it right away. So tonight we're taking another drive just down I seventy seven. We are heading to site of this week's BG versus Akron football game. It is also your brother's uh, Mike's birthday, oddly enough, this Saturday. Um, it's not his birthday this Saturday, but we're celebrating it as yeah, such. His birthday is anyway. not till November. Oh, my. Well, this is all sixes and sevens, apparently, uh, which is what you'll probably be seeing on the field at Infocision Stadium this weekend because neither BG or Akron is very good, but... Uh, nope. <laughs> Maybe the game will be of morbid interest. But anyway, we are going to the Rubber City, Akron. And Akron, of course, is the county seat of Summit County. It is the, I believe, sixth biggest city in Ohio. It is a city that, of course, as its name suggests, was the historical home of many of the uh, major tire and rubber manufacturers in the United States, most notably Goodyear and Firestone. And in fact, those two companies are still... Uh, major within the economy of of summit county and the akron area also headquartered there signet jewelers first energy summa health sterling jewelers and gojo industries which are all major employers in the region uh and both all almost all of them have their headquarters within the akron city limits so uh going to the geography uh akron is actually one of those cities where it's it's kind of difficult in terms of the border but i'll kind of Uh, go as best as I can. Uh, Route 277 and Route 224, uh, just south of Firestone Park, is mostly its southern border. It goes over toward Mogador and Talmadge on the east side. On the north side, it extends up just past San Run Metro Park, and then in the the west, it borders Copley and Fairlawn, for the most part, uh, pretty much running just to the west side of I-77. So there, there's a lot of points of interest in, in Akron, and uh, perhaps the, one of the more noteworthy ones is Canal Park. Canal Park is the home of the Akron Rubber Ducks. It was actually uh, opened in 1997. It was a project that was started almost literally right after Progressive Field was completed and was actually done by the same firm, uh, which was then called HOK Sport. 
this facility is gorgeous, and it actually is named for the Ohio and Erie Canal, which is actually lies just beyond the left field wall of the stadium. Um, the Ohio and Erie Canal actually um, has is runs along a lot of the parkland actually that's in Akron. Of course, Lock Three Park, which, which is right downtown, and then as you get further north of the city and you head up towards Sand Run. Um, and the Ohio and Erie uh, Towpath Trail, which that is a trail that actually they are in the process. The Metro Parks is actually Cleveland Metro Parks is involved with this, actually connecting the Ohio Erie and uh, Towpath Trail all the way from downtown Akron to downtown Cleveland. There's only a few sections that are yet to be completed. Uh, it more or less runs along the Cuyahoga River, going all the way up. But again, Sand Run is perhaps the most noteworthy metro park in the Akron area. This this goes from North Akron over toward the Fairlawn area, and it's actually really gorgeous. And in a few weeks' time, the trees are going to—in fact, the trees are already—some of them are already starting to turn because, as we alluded to earlier, the weather has been colder than average over the last week. I think if that persists, we're going to see some— uh, leaves falling probably in october more so than in november like we normally do i have leaves falling outside my house right now that's crazy like you never see that in no. september yeah so so san San metro park is is definitely worth checking out if you're um in for the natural beauty of a place uh, as you go down uh a little bit more back in toward the city market street <coughs> is the main street which is route 18 that is the main street that runs east and west uh, actually, from northwest to southeast, and I forget the name of the district near the corner of Hawkins Avenue and Exchange Street. There's this really cool bar district, and I, I swear, I for whatever reason, I the name of it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember it, but um, huh. that's just about two miles to the northwest of downtown. Actually, the reason I I remember this is because um, a lot of the fancy schmancy car dealers like Maserati and Audi and they have their their car dealerships there uh just off of the off of the bar district there but getting back in toward downtown again Canal Park is there in lock three and then as you get a little bit to the east that's where the University of Akron actually is and the boo. Akron campus boo ha <laughs> yeah the Akron a little family camp- rivalry the Akron campus is actually Quite nice. Um, E.J. Thomas Hall, which Very is nice. their performing arts facility, is uh, right on the northwest end of campus, uh, right next to the University of Akron School of Law. I've actually never been to a performance at E.J. Thomas Hall. It's, you know, we're kind of spoiled in Cleveland because we have Playhouse Square, but E.J. Thomas Hall, from everything I've heard, is actually pretty amazing. Um, and I don't think I've ever been there. E- well, I've been there twice for Anthony and Mike's uh, commencement ceremonies from the University of Akron. Yeah, that's um, they hold them there. That's right. Yeah, but uh, no, I've never been to a show there. Right in near the center of the Akron campus is First Energy <coughs> Stadium. No, not that First Energy <coughs> Stadium. Uh, in this case, we're talking about the soccer facility. Ah, at which Akron it has has a very vaunted and storied uh, history in soccer. They have actually won national championships in the sport and the past uh caleb porter who is uh now the coach of the columbus crew and who has won two championships in the mls as as manager uh actually got his start and won an ncaa championship at akron bg soccer team is currently better Uh, currently they are yes rub that in that's right preseason mac uh preseason uh uh predicted mac champs i guess i don't know how you say that preseason polls they've never yeah, really yeah. been to my liking but you know <laughs> whatever just to the southeast of there of course is infocision stadium which is just a for a mid-american conference school to have a facility like that <coughs> is just incredible you know Boy. 30 35,000 seats almost I, I think it is it all cedar except for the except for the hill on the one end zone i think you know in most college stadiums you see you see benches everywhere pretty much but oh that's it's yeah, that's majority it. benches yeah i mean this one still is but I, I remember there being a lot of actual chairbacks in the stadium which is actually the whole um the whole uh visitor side is all benches that makes sense yeah i mean i will say talk about inflation and not getting value for your buck that stadium is like mm. the epitome of inflation spent how much how much uh, how much is a cost per win for that stadium uh man, if you're gonna do it by that metric, then you know, 
University. It's of the Akron, most expensive stadium in the history of sport. I very well could be. I mean, that's that's the sad thing about it. You know, Akron, if they just had a program that won a little bit, yeah. I mean, you you'd be able to have a, a really good atmosphere there. But for whatever reason, they've just you know that program has just been down for so long. You know, you look at Trash. the other, you look at the other urban programs within the MAC, and even within other conferences like the American. You look at what Cincinnati has done. You look at what, what Toledo has done in the MAC. I don't like talking Boo. great about Toledo, but like I have to give Oh, you mean Toledo Toledo in the ass bowl? At the glass ass bowl. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's the sort of Shout comparison out that Akron could have, but they just don't have it. And, you know, may, maybe at some point in the future they will, but, you know, probably won't be this weekend and it probably won't be anytime no. soon. Uh, go BG. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, if you get back into downtown, Akron Art Museum is right along Market Street and uh, Main. This is another cool spot to look at. If, if you're into if you're into fine art, it, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, I I actually have not been to this museum. I've been to the Cleveland Art Museum several times, but and i and of course I'm a little bit spoiled because I've been to some of the best art museums in the world, like the Prado in Madrid and the Louvre in Paris. So. But it's all relative. Uh, the Louvre. That's, that's definitely a, a place to check out. The John S. Knight Center is just to the south of that. I believe that's the convention center, if I recall. Yeah. Uh, and the Akron Summit County Public Library is right next to there. Uh, as you continue to go to the south. So on the exact to the, on the south end of downtown is another kind of cool district. There's some bars and, and breweries there. The 401 Lofts is right there. That's... Um, Sort of like a place like you might expect to see in like Ohio City, you yeah. know, or Detroit Shoreway, you know, that kind yeah. of housing for like you know the young professionals that work in the air, in the area. They have an Insomnia Cookies right next door. Shout out Insomnia Cookies! Can't go wrong there. Awesome. I mean, absolutely love that. There's a there's a spaghetti warehouse there as well, uh, just on the other side of the road uh. across Maine. Um, I know that's not going to be up your alley, but you know. But again, you look at some of the, the Didn't local Didn't we have places. one on the West Bank of the Flats a while ago? Yes, we did yeah. for a very long time. Uh, um, not there anymore. R.I.P. But yeah, I mean, you got uh, a lot of cool local businesses. Uh, one is the Arche Brewing uh, Brew Pub. Yes. Um, yes. I Again, another place a, I haven't been to, but I've heard it's great. I've had a couple of their beers on the podcast in the past. Uh, good stuff. Indeed. The Akron Zoo is immediately to the west of, of downtown Akron. Um, another great place to check out. Um, in fact, fall is maybe the best time of year to go to a zoo because, A, it's not scalding hot and you're not, like, getting completely burnt by the sun. Yeah. You know, and, and you're normally you're walking and moving around, so, you know, even if the air's a little bit chilly, you're not really going to feel it. Yep. And the Akron Zoo, the, the, the admission tickets are, are 12 bucks. It's it's huh. pretty, It's pretty cheap. Yeah. You know, it's not bad at all. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they have as many exhibits and animals that they do at the Cleveland Metro Park Zoo, but, you know, again, it's all relative. And for that, I mean, that's right. You talk about inflation or the lack thereof. That That's a great deal right there. Mm -hmm. So you might want to check that out. Um, one other place I do want to mention on the northwest side of Akron is Stan Hewitt Hall and Mansion mm. and, and Gardens. And this literally was a building that was built in 1915. It's an old-style, Victorian-style mansion that was actually made completely of brick as opposed to uh, what you would normally see a, a Victorian mansion made of. So it was almost like an industrial version of what you might see on the coast. Mm -hmm. And it was built in 1915 by the then head of the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company, F.A. Sieberling. And this particular property is, op is open to the public. Um, I, I don't think they even charge to get on the grounds i mean they might for certain events but for the most part um when the grounds are open you can just go on and, and just check out the hall and the gardens it's really it's really quite cool in fact our friend matt steigerwald he had his wedding there years ago oh that's right yeah yeah Steve, i don't know why that didn't come to me immediately yeah that was a fun wedding yeah yes so that's another cool place to check out if, if you're in the akron or the summit county area and you know, as you get further out into the suburbs, there's other places to check out. But I kind of wanted to stick in within the, the Akron city limits in case we end up doing any other cities in, in Summit County later. But uh, definitely a lot to see and do here. Uh, 
you know, I think that as far as the mid-sized cities in Ohio goes, I think Akron does really well. Mm-hmm. Like you compare them with, you know, places like Toledo, Youngstown, and Dayton. I mean, Dayton, yeah. I, you know, don't all have the best reputation for whatever reason. Akron doesn't either. I maybe it's just because of its industrial past, but honestly, I th- I think Akron has a lot to offer. Quite frankly, yeah. There's been outside a, there's... outside of the university, of course, because yeah. it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> where they build a giant football stadium for no reason and got into a whole bunch of yeah, debt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your your mascot's a kangaroo. I got nothing against that, quite frankly. Fear the roo? I'll give you something to fear. <laughs> Falcons are coming Saturday. <clears throat> That's right. We're invading. We already beat the thundering yeah, herd. Yeah, also, also, my brother's birthday is not until November very convenient that he just goes ahead and plans it the day that we were originally supposed to go to BG to Akron. You think he's he's anticipating a little bit of a disappointing football game and he didn't want to go down to watch in person or yeah, what? I, you I, know? Me- I mentioned that to him on text and he was like, oh, shoot, it's the same day? Oh, yeah, okay. Man. Oh, yeah. yeah, like, okay. Yeah. So either you're admitting you're not a real fan because you didn't know what day it was yeah. or you know what's up <laughs> and you know what's coming. So, uh I mean, truthfully, I think he I think he pushed up the uh, he pushed up his birthday because he wanted to make sure that the weather would be okay enough to go golfing on his birthday. So he didn't want to take the chance of trying mid- to play golf no, in you November. Know, yeah, second week in November. Mean, that's... Yeah, that's it, it. It's getting dicey at that point. But from all indications, the weather's supposed to be pretty nice on Saturday, mid mid to upper sixties and no rain. So yeah, not going to be the warmest be day ever, but uh, it should it should be fine. I'll take that though all day. Mid mid to upper sixties and no rain. Yeah. Perfect. That's that's pretty nice. Yeah. So so you can wham that with the right hand, and Absolutely. I didn't even I didn't even mention James Rhodes Arena, but eh, no need. Oh well, <laughs> no need. What a dump. <laughs> the jar. It's... Okay, whatever. I can say that because we have a new basketball arena. If we still had Anderson Arena, I wouldn't be able to say that. Oh boy. <coughs> you remember? That By nobody's... the way, I apologize if I. If you can hear me coughing, <laughs> yeah, we're we're grinding through this one, folks. Yes, we are. Anyway, let's talk about the week that was with the Cleveland Guardians. Do you want to do that first, or do you want to uh, um, do you want to talk about uh, the ginormous weather event that's going on in? Uh, well, it kind of, sort of ties in, actually, because oh, the Guardians are playing against the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, that's that's right. This okay. week, in yeah. fact, the Rays were the only team to beat the Guardians. You know what's funny, too? Week. So we're playing the Rays. The Rays are like, oh, yeah, okay, we got out of Tampa before the hurricane hit. Uh, they're in a weather delay right now. Uh, yeah, because it's raining here right yeah. now. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not raining as hard as it. Well, it is in Tampa, but uh, that, it is the, the top... irony is, is that they have an indoor stadium. So yeah. not that anybody would be able to get there for a game tonight. I'm but... going to be honest with you. I'll be completely shocked that the roof of that place isn't torn off by the hurricane. Well, if Tampa would have taken a direct hit, yes. I'm, I'm <laughs> like sure. like they were originally supposed to. Right. That's what they were forecasting yesterday. And yeah. then it, it took a right-hand turn. It took a hard and it right, up... and it hit, hit inland more south. Like, North Captiva Island, Port Charlotte area, Fort a little Myers, bit north of Fort Myers. Bonita, Bonita Springs. Oh, yeah. I mean, you had that whole inlet there, and you know, just north of Naples, and the water just came straight up in there. Yeah. I mean, it just my, my, it yeah. up there. I mean, my family, and, my family lives down in Naples, so uh, every indication that we've gotten from them is that, you know, they're okay, but they got they got hit not as hard, obviously, but they got hit pretty hard. And, and especially the part – they're more inland uh, – on Naples, the the people who are right on lucky people who are right on the coast. I mean, we were looking at we were looking at pictures and videos before we started recording. I mean, there are people that are literally swimming in their living room. Tonight. Yeah, I mean, a guy had six feet of water in his living room. Yeah, you know, just, just crazy. Just, you know, you get that storm surge and then you get waves on top of that. Yeah, just, and then we had the video of uh, Jim. Uh, what what Jim can uh, what's Jim Cantori, Jim the Weather Cantori. Channel. Yeah, just standing out in the, the middle myth, of the myth, the legend. Yeah. Just getting blasted with hundred plus down mile by an hour, hundred twenty five mile winds. an hour wind. It's just like <laughs> he's like he's like he was holding on to a street sign. He's like he's like I, I I can't come under because if I let go of this thing and I stand straight up, this thing's gonna blow me right over. <laughs> he's gonna blow away. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean he was literally standing at like a forty five degree angle. <sighs> Crazy, I crazies. But but you know, uh, 
you go into a wind tunnel, and literally, yeah. if it gets over like 90 miles an hour, you can't even talk barely. Yeah. Once it gets to that point, because yeah, the wind is pushing breathe. so yeah. hard on your lungs, you yeah. can't even breathe. Can't open your mouth. Can't. Yeah. But uh, you know, we speak we speak a little bit in jest, but uh, you know, we're thinking of everybody who's down there um, in Florida, because really, this thing is this thing has attacked the entire state. I mean, obviously, the the parts that we just talked about were the ones that have gotten hit hardest. But um, you know, shout out to uh, uh, one of our listeners and my coworker and friend Brett Hoyer, who's li- who uh, I'm sure is going to be listening to this. Uh, they're in Jacksonville, so. They're mm-hmm. gonna get hit. They're gonna get hit tomorrow with the remnants of this, uh, yep. as it as it kind of continues to turn, and then we'll probably go up the east coast in in the Atlantic Ocean. But by, by the looks of it, it's gonna pretty much go right up I four past Orlando, come back across maybe between St Augustine and Daytona Beach, yeah. and then ultimately head up like yeah, just by Jacksonville on the west side, and then uh, up to, I, last I saw like up toward the Savannah area, yeah, you know, and then just coming inland in the Carolinas, but. Uh, you know, tropical systems are no joke, and September is the peak month for them. And not only that, yeah. I, as I tweeted this afternoon at Stiffs McGee, uh, oh, September. Oh, 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 oh. Whoa, hold the phone. Hold <laughs> the freaking phone. No longer hashtag Tortilla Steve. As Steve's you on Twitter, folks. may have heard on Sunday, yes, I am no longer Twitterless. I am on Twitter at Stiffs McGee, which if you've ever seen ah, 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 Anchorman, ah, you know what that means. Come on. I was going to leave it up to interpretation. Ah, It's going to be left up to interpretation. I want people to be able to tweet at us and be like, oh, where, where, where's that from? What's that? Yeah, okay. Well, there, yeah, there. Uh, still, up I for interpretation. Sunday already, but okay. Uh, I, don't, um, I don't remember. But anyhow, there have been... 13, 13 hurricanes with, that start with the letter Unlucky. I that have been retired. Was the last one before now. this, Irma? The last one before this I, was actually last year, Ida, 2021. Before oh. that, Irma, 2017. Yeah, the other ones in there, Igor, Ike, Ines, Ingrid, Ione, Iota, Irene, Iris, oh, I Irene. Isabel, Ivan, and Isidore. Ooh, Isidore. Yes. Anthony's middle name. So yeah, that was a mammoth storm that took up the whole size of the entire Gulf of Mexico, I recall. That was Jeez. back in 2002. So, uh, yeah. So it, letter, letter I, bad. And you know, people ask me, like, well, so why is that? Because it starts at A. The thought, you know, there A, B, C. And there have been some storms at A, B, C, D that have gotten retired but those storms are usually like June, July. You know, they, yeah. they're early in the season. They're not as strong. By the time you get to that later portion of the alphabet, H, I, J, so that's, it, that's when you really start to see the big time storms. So does September. it does it reset every year at A? Even if they yes. even if you don't go through the entire alphabet, that's correct. Okay, so that's why I was thinking like when you said there was another I one last year. I'm like, geez, if we had that many hurricanes, right? I figured you went all the way through the alphabet before you turned back over. So like. If you look down the list, like there are four L's have been retired, six M's. And then after M, it really starts to drop off. Two N's, two O's, one P, two R's, two S's, one T, and one W. Yeah. But you got to really have a season with a lot of storms to get down to R, S, T, you know, especially W. I mean, my goodness. What's the most, what's the most, um, Notable and infamous hurricane ever is it Katrina? Ever, yeah, probably Katrina in two thousand five. Yeah, just because it just almost utterly destroyed New Orleans. <laughs> but it, but it. Before that, it was probably Andrew in nineteen ninety two, which you know was Katrina the most Miami. powerful because I. The, the, Not the most powerful right, ever, because no. The, the destruction of Katrina was mainly because the city levees were so bad that they burst. That's right. I mean, Katrina was a Category 4 hurricane, yeah. so, I mean, it, it was close to top speed. Off the top of my head, hurricanes that have struck a Category 5, Camille, way back in 1969, was one that hit near Biloxi, Mississippi. Nice. Uh, th- there's been a couple since then. Katrina was close yeah. to, to being Category 5. In fact, Hurricane Laura, two years ago, which hit near Lake Charles, Louisiana, that was very nearly Category 5 also. That was a strong Category 4, just like what Hurricane Ian is. Yeah. Which just, yeah, again, strong Category 4, just barely missed out on Category 5. 
Irma, I do believe, was a Category 5 in 2017. Yeah, that, that, that actually was, did evacuate my family up. Uh, they came up here to uh, Cleveland for about a week. That one took an almost direct hit on Key West and then later on. I remember that one specifically because we took, uh, we took my cousins Mac and Marcus to, uh, to the Tribe game, and they made signs that say, uh, said, uh, put us on TV because Irma sent us here. Oh, oh, wow. And we actually got on Fox Sports Ohio. That's yeah, you know that that's when sports. I mean, that hits real right there. Right. Wow. So, but definitely wishing for all the best. Anybody who is being impacted by this storm, uh, and most definitely in that Port Charlotte, Fort Myers, Captiva Island area, because yeah. that's because that's where they got hit definitely the hardest. And when when we're seeing these images and these uh, video right now. You're seeing them from places like Naples or from Tampa or from Bradenton. Those are areas that were getting tropical storm force, but not really hurricane force. We haven't seen the worst of this yet. We're not going to see the right. worst of the damage until tomorrow morning. And I guess we're all just kind of holding our breath to see what it's going to be like in that area that got hit by the eye in the eye wall. Yeah. So Interesting. Yeah. Uh, like we said, thoughts and prayers to everybody down there. Um Hopefully everybody can stay safe and, you know, it's going to suck losing material things, but hopefully, um, you know, the majority of people down there are safe. And we don't have loss of human life. Yeah. Most and foremost. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, but transitioning back into it, back as to the we Gardos. said, the Guardians are playing I mean, against the Tampa Bay Rays. When we talk about the week that was, there's really only one thing to talk about. Well, yeah. And we talked about <laughs> I mean, it on Sunday because it, it, it happened while we were doing our postgame show. We got to back the train up here, as you say, yeah. or hold the phone, as you would say. Yeah. The Cleveland Guardians are your AL Central Division champions. Absolutely. They clinched on Sunday at, in Texas after sweeping the Rangers, this coming after they swept the White Sox earlier in the week, completing a stretch of games where they went 8 and three unbelievable in a three-week stretch unbelievable. unbelievable in that stretch they went 10 and two in 12 games against the twins and the white Sox. i mean when that when that streak started we had just lost six out of seven from the mariners and i believe was it two out of three from the orioles or did we get swept by the orioles i believe we lost two of three i think we had like a one zero win or something in there, but then they like shut us out the next two days or something like that. That was in the midst of a stretch where the Guardians went about twenty five innings without scoring a run Crazy. against Baltimore and Seattle. Which spoiler alert, Seattle is I believe the team that we're currently projected to face in the first round of the playoffs, which is not ideal. But then again, the Guardians haven't done very well against Tampa either, and that's pretty much our other option right now. So Either way, kind of pick your poison, whether it's Seattle or Tampa. You know, once you get to the playoffs, it's it's going to be different. It's not going to be as easy as it's been. Yeah, it. we're in kind of like a limbo period. I mean, who would have thought that the Guardians would have had more than a week of being clinched before we figure out exactly, you know, what we're going to be doing in the playoffs? Like, it's weird. Like, the last 10 games of the season— We didn't think it was going to be that early. Don't matter. Yeah, I mean, you know— Obviously, we didn't think we were going to go eighteen and three in a twenty-one game stretch, but it's crazy. And it's like, you know, we lost last night to the Rays, which was kind of a weird feeling because that game went into extra innings, and we lost in extra innings. And like, if that game was played like four days ago, it would be like a crippling—well, not crippling—but if that game was played like two weeks ago, two that weeks would have ago, been a really been a crippling loss. Yeah. Now it means nothing. Not really. No. <laughs> I mean, unless you want to play the conspiracy theory of, well, the Guardians would rather play Seattle, so they're losing on purpose to Tampa. But I, I don't think that's what's going on. So, I, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think they want to play Seattle, given how well Seattle no. handled the Guardians earlier on. Yeah, and I'm not – I don't know. I don't know if that really I, – I don't know. What yeah. I do – what I was very encouraged to see was on Sunday night – you actually had people go out in the rain. Oh yeah, late. Yep. Welcome the team home and welcome the team off the plane at Hopkins with the Central yeah. Division. I mean that that was, that was cool. Yeah, honestly. I actually I actually considered it, but standing in the rain as I'm still getting over this cold 
is not a good idea. Yeah. <coughs> but uh but yeah. Uh so I mean really we're in this like nothing period with the team for the next like week and then we we're going to dive head first into the MLB playoffs. So I mean that's kind of it when we're talking about the Guardians. Yeah, I mean we've got I mean this is essentially just a week and a couple days of uh I, I actually think a week from today is when the regular season ends, and then the playoffs begin Friday. Yeah, next they got Friday. seven games left after tonight. Yeah, assuming they get tonight's game in, which I, I think they will. I don't. One more against Tampa, and then they play six in a row against the Royals. Six, six, six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. How about a six-game series against the same team? I don't think I've ever seen that, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah, you know, we were talking all throughout the, all throughout the 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 second half of the season, like, hey, you know. It, you know, we just got to get to – we just got to be within striking distance in the last week of the season because we got six against the Royals. Those games aren't going to matter now. How lucky is that? Because we thought, surely, <coughs> the Guardians, they were going to clinch, they were going to clinch at home. Yeah. It never occurred to us that they would actually clinch more than nine games out and they'd be on yeah. the road, you know. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Oh, wow. You know, it, it still counts. Yeah, so yeah. – uh, this is basically just a time for their, uh, you know, they're we're going to be rotating a bunch of guys, getting guys some rest, getting guys hopefully a little bit more healthy, and then obviously trying to set up the uh, the pitching staff as best as possible. Um, I think you're going to see whoever we play in that wild card game, you're going to see Bieber, McKenzie, Quantrill in that order. So, uh, good luck to uh, whoever we play. I mean, you got to go in the first two games. You got to go up against Bieber and Tristan McKenzie. I mean. Turn out the lights. The party's over. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping Cal Quantrill doesn't get a start in this first round. Yeah. Put him up game one of the division series God. against New York. With our with our recent playoff uh, past, it, no matter who we're playing, if that gets to a game three, even though it's at home, oh, my God, that's poop your pants sitting. And, and that's not just a Guardians thing, by the way. For whatever reason – in especially baseball, but it, to a lesser degree in sports in general, the tendency for the home team to win game seven or the decisive game of series has kind of gone the opposite way in recent years, particularly in baseball. 2016 like, NBA Finals. Seems like road teams have been winning a lot in decisive series games lately. I don't yeah. know why that is, if that's just cyclical or if the home team is putting too much pressure on themselves or what. But yeah. You know, it, it happened to the Guardians in both 2016 and 2017. 2016 yeah. NBA Finals. Now that, now, that was more positive with the Cavs, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But, uh, I yeah, mean. We have both, it's fun, yeah, it's crazy to think about. We had both ends of the spectrum on, on that uh, in this city that year. Right. Winning, winning, a, winning a Game 7 and losing a Game 7. Well, the Game 7 we lost was at home. The Game 7 we won was on the road. So, yeah, that's exactly what you were – what you were describing, home teams losing Game 7s. Yeah, correct home. me if I'm wrong, but in 2019, the Nationals beat the Astros yep. on the road to win the series, yep. and in 2021, the Braves did the same thing to the Dodgers. Yep. Yeah. I believe so. So, funny how that, it just shouldn't be, but, like, it, it's happening quite a bit, so. Yeah, like you said, especially in baseball. It's almost like home field advantage doesn't matter in baseball. No. Yeah, it's interesting. <coughs> Okay, so uh, yeah, next week, next week's episode, we're gonna do a full. Hopefully by next week, it'll be uh, either Tuesday or Wednesday night. Well, obviously, if it's Wednesday night, we'll know who we're playing for sure. But Tuesday night, hopefully, we'll have a, we'll know as well. But uh, yeah, we'll be doing a big time Gardos episode next week to uh, to usher in the postseason. Absolutely, we'll have to give our postseason predictions and and yep. all of that. So. Absolutely. That, so look for that next week. Yep. Uh, before we get into our Browns-Falcons preview for week four of the NFL season, the Cavaliers had their media day uh, yesterday. And what was interesting, it was at it was at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. It was not at Cleveland Clinic Courts, which I don't know if there's significance to that. I have no idea. I don't know why it was at the Romo Fijo. Maybe there's... Trying to drum up more hype. Maybe I maybe suspect. there's renovations going on at the at the at the CCC. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, the one thing that I the one thing that I want to talk about with uh, Cavs Media Day, and it's not Donovan Mitchell, although that that's awesome. Obviously, Evan Mobley 
looks absolutely yoked. He does. He looks like he put on 20 pounds of muscle. He looks like he's been pounding in the weight room every single day in the offseason. Yeah. I mean, that dude just looks like he's been on a diet of chocolate milk and protein bars (laughs) the last, like, three months. You know what I mean? But, uh, listen, that is the thing for me that's going to take this kid to the next level because – you know, he had a great season last year, and he didn't really get injured that much. So this isn't an injury thing. This is a physical domination. You know, you saw, and I'm not saying he's Giannis because it's his second year in the league. He's 21 years old. Giannis came into the league with a similar body type as Evan Mobley. Long, lanky, and skinny as hell. And that's that was Evan Mobley last year. And you've seen the progression with Giannis. He's gotten better and better and better as he's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. To now, he was an athletic freak walking into the NBA. Now he's like LeBron-level physique unstoppable, you know? And I'm not saying that's that's exactly where Mobley's going. His skill set is a bit different. Um, but just to see him already from year one to year two physically develop in that way this kid you know when we when we drafted him and we he started playing the thing that I always call him is a unicorn he is a unicorn he he has a size and a skill set that we have not seen very often in this league the kid's seven feet tall is is has a chance to be the best defensive big in the league and he also has the offensive capability to play out on the wing it's unbelievable i mean you look at guys that he that he compares to defensively he compares to kevin garnett kevin garnett wasn't that good of an offensive player he was a good offensive player he was good in the post and then later in his career, he developed an outside shot. But Evan Mobley has a chance offensively to resemble somebody like Kevin Kevin Durant, another Kevin. He has the ability to, and again, this could be me speaking in hyperbole because I am loftily talking about this kid right now. But Yeah, I mean, you're name-dropping some of the greatest players yeah. that we've seen in our lifetimes I think quite he possibly has, in the, the ever played I think league. he has a chance he has a chance to be Kevin Garnett on defense and a mix between KD and Chris Bosh on offense and that's a Hall of Fame level player <laughs> without a doubt oh my god that's he's gonna win MVPs if he's like that yeah Whew, boy and you got and you got guys like Darius Garland Donovan Mitchell Jared Allen Kevin Love, uh, Karis LeVert, Isaac Okoro to go around him. Cavs are going to win at least 50 games Again, the best part about the Donovan Mitchell trade was that, really, what assets did you give up? Yeah. Colin Sexton, who probably wasn't going to be here after this year anyway. Yeah, and the guy you and, got, the guy you got, Donovan Mitchell, essentially replaces Colin Sexton, except he's better. Right, and, and Laurie Markkinen, who... You know, granted, was yeah. a good player. Sure. It definitely exceeded expectations that I had for him last sure. season. But if that's what you're, if that's truly what you're parting with to get a guy like Donovan Mitchell, I'm, a, I'm all good with that. Yeah. No, 100%. But just I, this, this organization and this team is go, like, listen, Donovan Mitchell is a, is a top three, top four shooting guard of the NBA. There's no doubt about it. Darius Garland is going to continue to ascend and probably be an all-star for years to come. But this organization will go as Evan Mobley goes. If Evan Mobley develops into anything close to what I am putting him up to, the Cavs are going to win a championship with this with this uh, nucleus of, of players. I, Based on what you described, I don't doubt it. 100%. If you look at the landscape of the NBA, the top stars are starting to age out. LeBron, Durant's in his 30s, 
Curry's in his mid-30s. Kawhi has been injured multiple times now. I think he's in his 30s. Yeah. All of these guys, Anthony Davis, always injured. All of these guys are starting to age out, and this new crop, you know, obviously Giannis is in there. Uh, you know, you've got uh, other guys like Devin Booker and, you know, these these other younger superstars. But outside of Giannis, there's not one. Giannis and maybe John ja Morant is starting to get there. I think John ja Morant is going to be – it could already be a superstar in this league. <clears throat> but outside of Giannis, there's nobody as physically gifted as a young – star as Evan Mobley yeah if you're talking about listen he still has to develop into that he's obviously not a finished product but he's the guy that you look at now from 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 players who are not yet established where you look at him and like that guy's different that guy is a superstar in the making he just, he has everything. The only thing about him, and I think this is something that will grow in time as he matures, I don't know if he has that, like, killer instinct. He seems like he's, a re you know, he seems like a really nice kid. You know, it seems like it will take a lot to piss him off, even on the court, you know? So maybe he develops that, I don't know. If you had to say one player on the Cavs right now who has "quote unquote" killer instinct, who would you say? I mean, I would I would say Donovan Mitchell just because I've seen him do it in the highest level in the playoffs. I've mm -hmm. seen him drop fifty in a playoff game. You know, yeah, it will probably be him. I think Dar I think Gar Darius Garland has it in him. I was gonna say Darius Garland. I think does. Yeah, but we haven't seen it in the playoffs yet. That's right. that's the only thing, you know. <clears throat> Stupid play-in game. Yeah, yeah. Well, we lost, so it's our fault, I guess. But I blame that on injuries. Um, yeah, I would probably go and say Donovan Mitchell, which I think is great too, because when you look at somebody like Mobley, it's not so, it's not something where you're going to try and force that out of him early on in his career. You know, it's almost like he's being incubated with a bunch of talent around him that'll let him develop those characteristics naturally. You know, like, obviously, I'm not going to compare Evan Mobley to LeBron, you know. But yeah. LeBron, LeBron came in and he had to be the man from day one. Right. And it takes a certain mindset for somebody to be able to do that. And LeBron obviously had that. You know, I think Mobley's personality, I don't know, lends to that uh, immediately. But the the great thing about it is he doesn't have to be. We have Garland. We have Mitchell. You know, uh, I don't think Jared Allen's that guy, but uh, Jared Allen's a great player. Uh, Kevin Love might have been that guy at one point in his career, but he's not really that anymore. You know, he's another guy that's getting into his mid-30s, and, you know, he was great for us coming off the bench as a six-man last year. I think he's going to continue to do that this year. <clears throat> so, I am it, – it's all – for me – Obviously, the Donovan Mitchell trade was absolutely fantastic, and we love Darius Garland. We love all of these guys, but this franchise is going to go as Evan Mobley goes. You know, if Evan Mobley kind of stays where he's at, Cavs will be a nice playoff team, you know, five, six seed, you know, maybe win a series here or there over the next, like, five years. If Evan Mobley blossoms into what I'm sure the Cavs think he can be, and what I'm saying, if he even comes close to what I compared him to, the Cavs go from a five to six seed, you know, maybe winning a playoff series here and now to one, two, three seed competing in the Eastern Conference Finals for a trip to the finals year in and year out. That's how special I think this kid is. So, whew, man. I was expecting to do like two minutes on the Cavs media Spicy. day. Spicy. I love that kid. I love Evan Mobley. So, uh, yeah, Cavs, uh, we're ramping up here. Cavs, I believe, open the season in about three weeks. So, come on, Cavs. Come on, Cavs. They're going to make it happen. 
So anyway. So anyway, we are almost an hour into the show. 45 minutes. And we haven't even so much as even mentioned what happened on the road near Wadsworth on Monday. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Like, how have we buried this news for as long as we have? Oh, man. I, well, I think, you know, obviously the thankful news that came out that, that uh, you know, everybody was okay. Yes. You know, Miles and his passenger. I mean, that's the most important thing. Um, but, yeah, wow. Boy, was that scary uh, reading that. <clears throat> you know, obviously we're Browns fans. So the first thing we think about when we see, see one of our players is – Oh my God! You know, you know, you're a fan, so you think about how it's going to affect on the field. But at, on a human level, it's just thank God that they were okay. They were wearing their seatbelts. That's the most important thing. If they weren't wearing their seatbelts, they're probably both dead. This might be the biggest PSA you'll ever get for wearing a seatbelt. Yeah. If you if you saw the photos, if you saw yes. what the the Ohio State Highway Patrol said about this accident and yeah. everything. It's pretty harrowing, and I do agree with you. If they weren't wearing a seatbelt, they might have been tossed from the vehicle. Yeah. They might have—I don't even want to speculate. I mean, it would have been so bad. So if you've been living under a rock or you're not a Cleveland Browns fan, uh, Miles Garrett was involved in a one-car uh, car accident uh, on State Road south of 18 in Sharon Township on Monday? I've driven that road. I think I've driven that exact <laughs> road he was on. Monday, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he, he swerved to miss an animal that was in the road. I'm just going to go ahead and assume it was a deer. Uh, and then he tried, yeah. And then he tried to overcorrect to get back onto the road and the car started flipping. I think they said it, 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 uh, the damage on the car lends to believe that the car flipped about six times, uh, as it, as it kind of careened into the field, uh, off the road on, uh, um, on Route Three, just uh, just south of uh, Route 18 in uh, Sharon Township, which, which at first I was like, "What is Miles Garrett doing down there?" And then I realized he lives down there. He, he lives is, in Medina, right? Yeah, lives in Medina. Yeah, yeah. So he lives down there. So, but yeah, so scary and so thankful that that they're okay. Uh, I know Miles suffered some lacerations, a bicep strain, and a sprained shoulder. They're saying that he's going to try and play on Sunday. I don't think there's any way. I don't think that's very smart, quite yeah. frankly. But I mean, well, I think it, I think it'll be a situation where he's going to try and play, and the team's just going to be like, you know what? No, you're not playing. So I mean, run it down again. He's got a bad shoulder. He's got sprained shoulder. They he's didn't got say a bad it. wrist too. I think. Uh, no, not? there wasn't anything. There was a report that came out that he had broken his wrist, but that was bad. That was false. Bad reporting. Okay. Um. So his yeah his agent Monday night came out with a statement saying that Miles didn't break any bones and then I believe it was late yesterday came out that he has a bicep strain and a uh, sprained shoulder mm. along with some bumps and bruises but uh, yeah thankfully that they're both okay uh, Miles was not at practice today uh, Kevin Stefanski said today that he expects Miles to be in the facility tomorrow, but that doesn't mean he's going to practice. Right. So he'll just they 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 told him to stay home and rest today, uh, and they expect him back in the facility tomorrow for, I'm guessing treatment, uh, maybe some more tests done by the team doctors, and you know just to figure out he passed concussion protocol, which. I thought was crazy that he passed that with the but I, I you know again he was wearing a seatbelt seatbelt must not have hit his head yeah so uh yeah so thankfully Miles is okay and his passenger so they never released it was a female passenger they never released the name so we don't know who it was but uh, thankfully she's okay too um speaking of the game play the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons, for lack of a better word, stink. Yeah. Uh, they, what did I, get, they did get their first win of the season <laughs> against Seattle this week. Seattle and Geno Smith. Who also stinks. Yes. What I will say about Atlanta is surprisingly they've been putting up some points. First three weeks of the season, they, they're averaging 26 points a game, which is just lower than the Browns. Yeah. Um, so they can score. They have weapons. Drake London has been great for them, rookie uh 
top 10 wide receiver out of USC. Obviously, they have Kyle Pitts. And then Cordero Patterson, wide receiver turned running back, is like nipping on Nick Chubb's heels as far as rushing yards for the first three games. That's pretty amazing when you think about it. So, and they position change. Right. And they, I will say that they are going to resemble the Baltimore Ravens closest to the actual Baltimore Ravens that we're going to face other than obviously the Ravens this year. So I think we're going to be okay if Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa plays. He's questionable. He remember he left Thursday night's game uh with a groin injury. If he plays and can play that spy uh spy position for the Browns because Atlanta runs a lot of RPOs. You know, Marcus Mariota is a very mobile quarterback, and they take advantage of that because, quite frankly, he can't really throw it. So uh, the Browns are going to have to deal with that, and that's not good when Anthony Walker is now out for the year and JOK is banged up with a groin injury. So that's going to be very interesting to watch. Now, Jacob Phillips came in for Walker in the Pittsburgh game. Played really well, but you can't really substitute what JOK does on the field for uh, the Browns' defense. So if he's in there, I'm going to feel okay. If he's not, I'm going to be a little bit nervous. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the Browns' defense, uh, they've not really been very good up to this point. And when when you take away, I'm assuming, Miles Garrett and – when one of your top linebackers is also, we also banged up and may not play either. And we also don't know if Jadevian Clowney is going to be back this week. <laughs> right. So you're going to be down some So who's rushing the passer for get, the Browns? Probably no one. I hate to say that, but that's I mean, that's Joe Woods better be prepared to blitz more. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Which means you are you better have your corners covering properly. Yes. You know, which, and your safeties because we've had issues with that in the first couple of weeks. Yes. So this is a... I hate to say this because you'd think it wouldn't be so hard, but this is a big test for the Browns' defense. Here. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think if you're the Browns' offense, it's hard to, It's it's hard for me to say without chuckling that the game plan's got to be to keep the ball out of Marcus Mariota's hands, but I think that's just it. You know, I think it's – it's going to be the same thing that we've done the first three games of the season. Ball control, running the ball, opportunistic passing with uh, Jacoby Brissett. So I think the Browns' offense just need to keep just needs to keep doing what they're doing. Um, and I think we'll be fine offensively. The problem is, is I could very easily seeing that both of these teams getting into the 30s. It, it That could happen. And I just have a strange feeling that the there's maybe it won't be this week, maybe it will be. There's going to come a week eventually where if the Browns' defense has given up three plus points, the offense is not going to be able to keep up right. one of these times. Right. Um, I don't think it'll be this week though. I I do suspect that the Browns will win this game, but it's going to be a high scoring game for sure. Yeah, um, I think the Browns are one and a half point favorites. I would be on the well, road. I mean, that's almost a pick 'em. So I I'd be taking the Browns and the points. Yeah. For sure. In fact, I'm bringing up the lines because we got to kind of go over the other games too. But, um, I mean, yeah, because I mean, I'd be thinking some score like 31-27 or, or or something to that yeah. effect. Is that going to be your your prediction? Yeah, thirty-one. You, you can mark it Browns. down. 31-27. I've got thirty-four, thirty-one Browns. Okay, you're thinking almost the same. Almost way. the same. Yeah, I just think, but I just think there's going to be. There's not going to be a lot of defense played in this game. So I trust the Browns' offense more than I trust the Falcons' offense. So I guess we'll see what happens. Hmm. But, yeah, so that's uh, that's the uh, that's the lowdown on our Browns preview. Interestingly enough, for the, the, the TV distribution for this game, it's not very wide. It's basically just um, Ohio and Georgia – and some yeah. parts of Alabama and the Carolinas. Um, one thing I do want to point out that you know who's who's commentating on this game. Um. Oh, what's her name? Beth, Beth Mowens. Yeah. 
Beth Mullins, and then who's the color? Tiki Barber. That's right. Yeah. Which, honestly, I, the only time I've ever heard Tiki Barber as a commentator was on the third season of Ultimate Beastmaster on <laughs> Netflix. And and he was with CM Punk for that, which was actually pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, so so that's going to be your announced team. And uh, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, I've joked before that it looks like a transformer. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it literally does. And it, I, it literally, I mean, when they open up the big circle in the roof, that's it literally looks like a transformer when it when it when they activate that thing. Yeah, it's just I mean, it it's got to be the most futuristic stadium outside of SoFi, maybe possibly Allegiant. Yeah. In Las Vegas. I mean, I've been to SoFi. I haven't been to either of the other two, but I would love to go to a game um, at Allegiant Stadium. I that, mean, look, it, that place just looks so cool. If we ever play the Raiders in Vegas, yeah. it seems like we always play them here. Yep. You know, you gotta think the next time we play them. It's the last gonna time we be, played them, be away. The, the last time we played Oakland in Oakland was 2018. Oh, yeah, it's it's got to be coming. Baker up here and Nick soon. Baker and Nick Chubb's uh, rookie year. And that was like a that was crazy. The, that was like 49, yeah, 45. That was or that was the like game that. where that was the game where Nick Chubb had three carries and had over 100 yards rushing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And the meme of coaches not giving Nick Chubb the ball enough got started that day, yeah. too. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Anyway, before we get to um, before we even get to our game, Thursday night. Yeah. Very interesting contest. Yeah. Cincinnati Bengals. Let's make just, our official pick for that game tonight. And just, then, obviously, we're not going to make our picks yet for the rest of the games. But uh, Right. Um, uh, the Bengals, who of course got their first win of the season this past Sunday against the Jets, uh, they're going up against Miami, who look like the best team in football through the first three weeks, given the teams they've beaten. Yeah, uh, just beat Buffalo this past week after that humongous comeback against Baltimore. So Cincinnati's favored by four in this game. Is that in Cincinnati? Yeah, yeah. I, I the. I, hmm. Here's what I'll say. Miami is very hot right now, obviously. Yes. I think that them going on the road on a short week after an emotional division win at home, I think this could be a letdown for them. Not that not that losing to the Bengals is a letdown, but I don't know. See, I guess the the only the I'm only reason sort of sensing the same. The only reason why I think that they that that they'll be able to emotionally get up for the game is the fact that it's a primetime game. If this right. was, if this was a game if this was a game in Cincinnati on Sunday at one o'clock, I would take the Bengals in a route probably. Oh, really? Okay. Um, I just Thursday think, night games have a tendency to be blowouts more often than not. Yeah, so you're, that's you're kind true. of on the you're kind of on the right track there. That's I, true. That hasn't really held so far this year, but we've only had two of them. I'm going to go with the Bengals in this game. Okay. And I'm going to go with them to cover. Taking the Bengals to cover. Yeah. You said I'm, four or four and a half? Four. Four, okay. Right now. I'm going with Miami <sighs> to cover the game. I'm sort of wishy-washy as to whether they're going to win or if, like, the Bengals are going to get them by a field goal. But yeah. I, I don't see the Bengals run away with this either way. So give me the Dolphins and the points. Certainly hoping they win this game outright. That would move, oh, 100%. That would move the Bengals to one and three. 100%. And continue my prediction of the Bengals having the Super oh. Bowl losers curse on them. You're already a Dolphins fan. I'll be a, as big a Dolphins fan as you are on Sunday or, or I tomorrow I mean, think night. about this. If the Dolphins win this game, yeah. they will have beaten both Baltimore and Cincinnati yeah. and the Patriots too. But, I mean, that's less relevant to the Browns. But yeah. still, I mean, that's that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Also, looking down the board, I mean, we're not going to go through all the games, obviously, but um, the other AFC North teams are in I still can't week. believe we lost to the Jets. You've got the Jets, who, by the way, are playing against the Steelers on Sunday. Both of those teams are one and two. All yeah. right, you didn't help us on Sunday. Uh, you know what? Is the Jets' first four games of the season all against AFC North teams? They play, they play Baltimore one. in week one. Baltimore in week one. Yeah. Yeah. So they're cycling that's, through that's the entire hilarious. division in the first four weeks. That's hilarious. And, of course, the one game that the they're probably going to win is against, against the Browns because we just gave it to them at the very end of the game. Yeah, charitable. Um, 
And speaking of Baltimore, they oh boy, this this is probably your game of the day. The Ravens host the Bills. Bills, yeah. Ooh, baby. That is going to be a spicy game. And that's a 1 o'clock game. Yeah, that game's going to be going really? on when our game's going on. And what's even weirder about that is that CBS has the doubleheader. How is that not the Sunday night game? Uh, yeah, how's it's, it not Sunday night? How's it not 4 o'clock on CBS? It's like, not, it's, and it's not like it's a, like a surprise good game. We knew that was going to be a good game when the schedule came out. The, the CBS national 4 o'clock game? Is New England at Green? Well, New England at Green Bay, ostensibly. Uh, the, the eastern two thirds of the country is going to get that. The the western third is going to get Denver at Las New England Vegas. Stinks. Yeah, right. Like, man, Ugh. dumb. Great. So Very we're not going to get to we're not going to get to watch that game, but we're going to get to watch Green Bay and New England. Yeah. Oh. Just like last week when we we didn't get to watch the Bills and the Dolphins, we got to watch the Jets and the Bengals instead. <laughs> Rose. <laughs> Rose. Yeah. So, well, we'll get to uh, the rest of the games uh, in our picks. You can see those on our Twitter account, on social media. Um, what were the records? Do you know? Do you know what the records were for us last week? I know. I know. You said we were both eight, five, and one. So in okay. the one o'clock window. So I think. Let's see here. You won Monday night's game. I lost. Yeah. I think I won Sunday night's game. You lost. Okay. So we both ended up nine six and one last week. Okay. Which is, you know, better I'm, than the way I we think started. I'm a game below five hundred now. I think you're three under five hundred or something like that. Uh, but, uh. Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah. We'll get the whole records up here the, within the next. Hey, listen. Hours. Sports betting is coming soon. If honestly though, with the way. Sp- spreads are and you would say like well it's 50 50 shots so anybody should be able to go 50 50 that's not true that's not true in practice i mean no not not when you're dealing with spread if you're if you're just going money line sure like if you're winning over i think it was what 55 percent of point spreads yeah you're doing really good and if you're over 60 percent then like you're a professional handicapper yeah you're working in vegas yeah yeah yeah. These these guys these guys are sharks. If, if, people if, who set these. If you're lines. over sixty percent, you've got a show on the Visa network. <laughs> That's for damn sure. <laughs> so anyway. So yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty much gonna do it for us, I think, unless you had anything else. Well, I just wanted to say, you know, you were talking about other bad games on TV besides the Browns games. You know what the Fox game we get this week is? <sighs> Detroit and somebody else. Oh, well, that's actually a good guess because Seattle plays Detroit. <laughs> is Toledo, that the game? Toledo area is getting that game, but oh. no. In Cleveland, we're getting Arizona at Carolina. Oh. They're they're sticking us with that game because they think that people still care about Baker Mayfield, and they do. I hate to say it, but they do. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Baker Baker v. Kyler, so it's the it's back-to-back Oklahoma quarterback Heisman winners going up against each other. So this the, this matchup happened last year in Cleveland, and it was the site of Baker Mayfield essentially breaking his shoulder, uh, which essentially effed his career in Cleveland. It might have effed his NFL career, to be honest with you, because he's still not recover- recovered from that. Uh, physically, he might be, but mentally, he's not. I think I went on a huge rant about the NFL adding the 17th game just as being another way to screw Cleveland over. <laughs> Because that was our bonus 17th yep, game last was. year. It but uh, it's funny you mentioned the two Oklahoma quarterbacks. This game is not on TV in Oklahoma. Wow. That's shocking. That's it, weird. They're, they're stuck with Washington at Dallas. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Carson Wentz against Cooper Rush. The two redheaded quarterbacks in the NFL going up against each other. Never trust a ginger. Have fun with that, Dallas. Yeah, you don't have to tell Bengals fans twice about that. The re- the red rifle. So anyway, that that uh that's gonna do it for us here on this uh episode of Living Off the Land, episode two twenty nine. We appreciate you guys listening. You can follow us on social media. I'm at Daniel J. Ford. He's at Stiffs McGee. Go ahead and spell that for the people. S T I P H S M A G E E. And then you can follow the show at the LOTL podcast. So uh, let us know what you think about our picks. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys on Sunday for a Browns post-game show. 
And until Better then, be a win. go Gardo. Yeah, go Gardos, go Browns, and well, they're not starting yet. So, but but we'll say, uh, come on, Cavs, and go Falcons. That's right. Not the Atlanta Falcons. Oh. That'll be the Bowling Green Falcons. We're not fearing the Rue this weekend. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.